are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today is Wednesday, December 29th, 2021. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CEPAT11. That's C-E-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for more information on that if you are interested. And on today's episode of Locked On Mariners, we're going to answer the few questions we weren't able to get to on yesterday's mailbag. We saved some pretty good ones, so that should be a lot of fun to get into. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. We greatly appreciate it. But before we get into your remaining questions Our first topic today is a shocking one, one that we didn't expect to be talking about today. Longtime Mariners third baseman Kyle Seager has officially announced his retirement from Major League Baseball. His wife, Julie Seager, today taken to Twitter to post a statement from Kyle saying, quote, today I'm announcing my retirement from Major League Baseball. Thank you to all of my family, friends, and fans following me throughout my career. It's been a wonderful ride, but I am unbelievably excited for the next chapter of my life. Seeger, who turned 34 in November, one-time Gold Glove winner, one-time All-Star back in 2014. He finishes his career a 251, 321, 442 hitter with a 111 WRC+. Plus. He was worth 348 F4 in his career. This is shocking to say the least. Obviously, we had talked about, you know, there had been some declines in his game, but, you know, and, and there was no chance that he was going to be coming back to the Mariners this offseason, but it seemed like he was eventually going to land somewhere. But now instead, he in, he decides to end his career here after 11 seasons of Major League Baseball, and uh, I'm I'm personally stunned by it. Colby, have you been able to make any sense of this over the last couple hours since Julie Seeger and Kyle Seeger made this announcement? Uh, you know, there are going to be a lot of theories. Um, it's, it's quite possible that he headed out to free agency and didn't like what he found and, and just decided that he'd rather spend time with his family. Um, it's possible, although I think unlikely, that uh, this was always the plan. Um, it just feels like if this was the plan all along, uh, there would have been an announcement made prior to the last homestand and and all of that. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's kind of weird. My my best guess would be that you know he he went out there and either he didn't get really any interest in free agency or the interest he was getting were deals that he deemed not worth. Um, the time away from his family. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the guy, the guy made a hundred and two million dollars or something like that over his entire career. So he certainly doesn't need a paycheck. Um, and his, his kids are getting a little bit older now. They're starting to, uh, you know, starting to grow into uh, their own interests and all that. So uh, yeah, it's, it's surprising for sure. Um, again, best guess is that the market was just in a place where, uh, or Kyle Seeger's market was just in a place where he didn't feel like he was 
going to make enough money or play in a, in a good enough opportunity or get a good enough opportunity um, mm-hmm. to, you know, take the time away from his family. So surprising, but you know, at the end of the day, it's his decision and, and um, it uh, doesn't really matter why it's happening. It just, it, it is. And so Kyle Seeger uh, ends his uh, very, uh, very, very good 11 year career. So he retires pretty much a Seattle Mariner, even though he's, you know, they, they declined the option on him. He was officially a free agent. Um, but he didn't play for another team other than the Mariners. So let me ask you this. Where does he fall in Mariners lore and in Mariners history? Um, as of right this second, uh, probably a top top five or six offensive player. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, Griffey and Edgar, they're, they're number one. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it, it, it's hard to think of. I mean, he's clearly the best third baseman in, in franchise history. I don't really think that's up for debate. Um, you know, and not not the accolades that that you would expect for a franchise great. He only made one All Star team. He won one Gold Glove. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's certainly. I mean, it, it, like I said, it's really hard for me um, to sit here and name five better offensive players um at least ones who who played you know a considerable amount of time with with seattle um Mm -hmm. you know 10 plus years uh so yeah he's definitely top 10 at least in franchise history in terms of you know everyday players uh but yeah it's 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 a legacy that is well i would i would say it's been stained a little bit based on his his actions over the last year it's certainly still one of overwhelming overwhelming positivity so uh he's uh he's gonna get a nice ceremony here um in a few years i think three years is is when they choose to induct people into their team hall of fame he won't have to wait past that um and just you know for the record he he did finish fifth in in franchise history uh amongst offensive players in career f4 at 34.8 Uh, point two behind Alex Rodriguez. Kyle Seeger is a unicorn, honestly. When you think about it, for the for the Mariners, that is um, the fact that they were able to draft him and develop him into an actual All Star talent, into a Gold Glove talent. That's just you know that just didn't happen for the Mariners during this time during this playoff drought, and uh, you know during the time that that he came up. I mean these these were some of the darkest years for the Mariners during this drought, uh, this ongoing drought. And, um, you know, he's been one of the, the few, you know, the very minor successes, success stories that they've had in the last 20 something years. Um, so, you know, you, you got to tip your hat to Kyle Seager to, you know, do what he was able to do with, with his career. Just he's, he's one of the, the, the greatest Mariners of all time. That's undeniable. Um, and, and just one of the greatest stories because, uh, uh, because he was brought up in this one organization, this really dysfunctional organization at the time with, with the Jack Sorensic regime and all that. So um, just being able to overcome that uh, is, is pretty remarkable really, because just there weren't any other players that, that followed the same path as Kyle Seeger that even came close to what he was able to do with his career. It's unfortunate that he never got to go to the playoffs uh, world series, anything like that. Uh, but he uh, he's forever a local legend. 
in uh, in the city of Seattle and, and for this organization. And one day is absolutely going to be inducted into the Mariners Hall of Fame. Uh, just a fantastic career for for Kyle Seeger. And um, yeah, you know, wishing him the best and all that stuff. Obviously, you know, th- things didn't end uh, well in Seattle this past year. But, you know, just ignoring that right now. Uh, fantastic career for for Kyle Seeger. And, um, you know, I'm sure Mariners fans and, uh, you know, we especially are thankful for what he was able to do for this organization for uh, for all these years over the last decade or so going to be answering our uh, remaining questions that you sent in uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday actually for our mailbag and uh, answer those in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar it's the new year so that means new year's resolutions and if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier make sure you include Built Bar in your plan Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar maybe even better than a candy bar you want to eat healthy but it just gets so boring by like week three you might be thinking this is just not worth it where is the chocolate well built bars are covered in 100 percent real chocolate and most built bars even contain 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein meanwhile compare that to a candy bar which usually has around 240 calories 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs Now, here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new so go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15 percent off your order at built.com you're listening to locked on mariners thank you again for making us your first listen of the day just like you do here every day we greatly appreciate your support now that we're done talking about kyle seager let's get into your remaining questions from yesterday's mailbag starting with jake g at wanna run 73 who asks is there a mariners minor league hitter besides julio rodriguez who is yet to make it to the big leagues with a shot at contributing to the big league club in 2022 Colby, let's start with you. No, I, the Mariners don't have, you know, the depth of high minor league bats right now. Um, so when you're talking about, you know, the caveat of never played in the big leagues, it eliminates Taylor Trammell. Um, it eliminates even guys like Jose Godoy who do some interesting things at the plate, at least. Um, there's just not a guy that's all that close to the majors who's going to make any kind of an impact on a regular basis, which, you know, kind of coincides with the conversation we had yesterday that, you know, why should the Mariners go get another outfielder or two, a veteran outfielder or two? Well, because of Kelnick and Rodriguez fail and Lewis gets hurt or Hanager gets hurt, there's not anybody in the organization behind them to kind of take those guys place. Um, unless again, you want it to be Taylor Trammell. So, uh, that's one of the areas that the Mariners don't have a lot of depth in their minor league system, uh, bats that are really close to the big leagues. Um, Zach Deloach, I suppose, is, is possible that he's one of those guys, mm-hmm. but I, I, I really doubt it. Um, and aside from Deloach, the only other guy that stands out is maybe can help you this year at the plate. Steven still is probably a stretch. would be Cade Marlowe. 
So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really see any, any, you know, bats, minor league bats coming up. that are going to make a, a noticeable impact on the Mariners, which is uh, why getting that major league depth and getting those minor league signings are going to be pretty key for, for Seattle. I think we could potentially see Zach Deloach. He had a, uh, an all right time down in, uh, in double a, he, you know, obviously he only hit 20 227, but still the, the development that you saw from him was, was pretty encouraging. Um, yeah, but ultimately there isn't a guy that really jumps out. Like Colby said, you know, I, I think Cade Marlowe maybe has an outside shot. Caden Polkovich maybe has an outside shot because he's older because he, he was able to get to double a, but he was bad when he got to double a. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You know, all these guys are going to start at double A, which I mean, that means that you're pretty close because a lot of guys don't spend too much time in triple A anymore. Uh, but yeah, overall, I, I just can't really think of of anyone outside of Julio that is going to get enough at bats to, you know, uh, uh, to answer your question, contribute, uh, at least in the way that I think you're asking, Jake. Um so yeah, the, those three guys though, Deloach, Marlowe, Polkovich, maybe. Uh, those are the three guys that I think are probably the closest to making the big league team. But I wouldn't be surprised if none of them made their major league debut in 2022 as well. I think none Deloach probably should. does in the end, but we'll see. We'll I, see. I Unless you know, hey, maybe one of those guys pops, right? Maybe they have a great year down in the maybe. minor leagues and they force their way up. Maybe, but I would say if you're giving any of those guys significant at-bats at the major league level at any point this year, something has gone horribly wrong. And it's it's a failure of the front office to build the adequate depth necessary. Again, unless there's that sure. just one in a million chance that Zach Deloach just pops um, or, or, you know, so whoever it is, doesn't really matter who, just pops. Right. Which, again, I I don't see that Zach Deloach is that way. Um He's probably the best bat who is, you know, aside from Julio, who actually has, you know, even a a 1% chance to play in the big leagues this year. Uh, But I I see a lot of people, they rank Zach Deloach in the top like five, six, seven, eight of the Mariners. And I just, I don't even think he's, he's that. I think he's a lot closer to 15 than he is five. I'll put it that way. I don't really see any of these guys coming up until September at the earliest, really. And at that point, you know, if they're going to get at bats, um, it's going to be so few and far between, so inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. And and honestly, they might not even get that shot then. Um, but yeah, overall, I think Julio's it. If you're looking for guys to come up and, and actually uh, contribute uh, from the minors on this major league roster in 2022, it kind of begins and ends with, uh, with Julio Rodriguez. But yeah, uh, appreciate the question, Jake. Uh, let's move on to uh, to Cody, Cody Anderson at code underscore mode 15. I like that name. Uh, what numbers do you think the upcoming Mariners prospects will wear next year? Any guesses? All right. So this is an answer for me because uh, Colby is uh, <laughs> not hashtag not good when it comes to Jersey numbers. Um, I focus so- on the things that matter. Yes, 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 yes. All right. You're <laughs> out of this conversation. This is an A and B conversation between me and Cody. See yeah. your way out. Uh, so, Ty, is obsessed, Ty is obsessed with the aesthetic, so this will be good for him. 
I, I do love aesthetics. I do love me a, an aesthetic or two. Uh, so to answer your question, uh, you know, it's really hard to gauge, right? Because a lot of guys prefer numbers. Those are already taken by major league players. And that's kind of the case with someone like George Kirby, who's been wearing 37, um, so, you know, from uh, from high A to double A. Um, that's already that's obviously taken by Paul Seawald right now. So I don't know if he would be able to get 37 from him. Uh, Julio, I believe, is going to be wearing number 44. I think that's uh, what he is long to uh, has long been uh, theorized to wear. Or maybe he's even already said it, uh, but I'm pretty sure 44 is the number for Julio. Uh, my camera number. I like it. Um, so those are the two kind of big ones. Brandon Williamson's worn 33, but right now that's Justice Sheffield's number, which I mean, that's not that big of a deal. Um but yeah, uh, those are kind of the the three you know big prospects that we'll we'll probably see this year that would be getting uh, new numbers that we don't know about yet. Uh, but Julio, I, I would say, is pretty safe to wear forty four. Kirby is probably going to have to get a new number. Uh, same with Williamson. I know Kirby wore what thirteen at Elon. I um, think so. But I, yeah. But uh, is that taken right now? Yeah, Toro wears 13, right? So yeah. um, uh, obviously I'm not asking you because you wouldn't know, Colby. <laughs> Just saying, but Brandon yeah. Williamson um, ends up wearing a number in the 50s or I quit. Yeah, that kind of seems uh, that seems right for him. He's a tall, tall lanky, lefty. Yeah, he's going to he, be like 55 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 55 what, feels pretty pick good for Brandon he? Williamson. He was pick 59, B59. There you go. There you go. There you go. So, yeah. So, um, I know that's like kind of a half answer, but yeah, it's it's kind of hard to know because a lot of these guys, their preferred numbers are already taken right now, and, and they just, you know, they don't switch numbers midseason. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I don't know what Kirby would end up wearing uh, or Williamson, uh, but like Colby said, 59 for Williamson. That, that sounds pretty good. Um, all right. So thank you for the, uh, the question, Cody. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on here to Daisy and the Dingo at Daisy's Dingoes. What do you guys see the Mariners identity being going forward as in whose front office strategy slash roster construction would you compare them to? Ooh, Colby, you want to start this one off? Um, like current roster construction, it it seems pretty similar to the Braves, um, mm-hmm. where the Braves kind of they stockpiled pitching and they just kept on stockpiling more and more pitching um, while they continued to develop and acquire players, you know, high profile players, offensive players from other teams. That that's how Dansby Swanson got there. And then he was traded for pitching, and and you know, Jared Kelnick was traded for pitching. And Robinson Cano, which I still laugh at. Um, so, yeah, it feels like um, Seattle is is pretty closely mimicking Atlanta, which is obviously a good thing. Um, in terms of like who they want to be like, like if it, like who's their model organization, I think their model organization is going to most closely resemble the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, um, who are very player development heavy. They're that that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not afraid to spend money, but they're not giving out like mega deals. Like 
they'll go acquire Paul mm-hmm. Goldschmidt and, and Nolan Arenado, but they're not giving Albert Pujols $250 million when he becomes a free agent. So I think that's probably right. the model the Mariners are looking at, and that's a pretty good model. The Cardinals are constantly winning 90 games. They're in the playoff hunt every single year, and they've won a couple World Series mm-hmm. along the way. So I, I think that's what we're looking mm-hmm. at right now. The rebuild is, I would say it's very Braves-inspired, um, although obviously nothing matches up perfectly. But overall, in terms of what they want their organization to look like, I think it's going to look similar to what the uh, St. Louis Cardinals have going on. I mean, that's that's the that's the model of sustained success in Major League Baseball. Right. And we've heard Jerry DePoto talk ad nauseum about wanting to sustain success, not to just be a one hit wonder, not to, you know, do all of this just to get in the wild card round a couple of times. You know, you want to build a team that's successful for five, 10, 15, 20 years. Right. So, I mean, you look at the Cardinals, that's who the Cardinals have been. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and yeah, and I think like philosophically too, like how they, um, how they handle player acquisition and all that stuff, it is very similar to how the Cardinals uh, do as well. I mean, even when you look at uh, an off season like this and kind of the statements that they made about an off season like this, it is very Cardinalsy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's kind of just on that similar path, and um, philosophically, I think they're 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 kind of wanting to be um, the Cardinals. And, you know, Jerry's also talked about the Royals, uh, those, you know, the mid 2010s Royals teams and all that. Uh, he's talked about how, how much he liked those teams. Obviously a lot of people have pointed to towards the Cubs and the Astros with the rebuild and everything like that. But I think like, if we're talking about just those teams in general, um, just, you know, some of the more recent successes, I think the Royals are probably the, that one team that they probably want to be the most like, but in the end, I agree with you. I think it's the Cardinals in general. Yeah. just, they basically, they want to avoid being the Oakland A's who are really good for three years and then they have to rebuild for three years and they're good for three years and they have mm-hmm. to rebuild for three years. Uh, they don't want to do that. They want to be consistently good for a decade and that's, that's the Cardinals. So um, I, I think that's probably the uh, the model they're looking at. And I think market is pretty similar size and, and you know, payrolls are going to be pretty similar. Um, not that the Mariners won't spend a little bit more here and there, but I, I think it's just a good overall sustained model that shows that you can be a mid-market team and still consistently win without having to, you know, spend outrageous amounts of money, according to the owners, at least outrageous amounts of money on players. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think St. Louis is probably the the call there. All right, so we got a couple more questions to answer from you in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder: this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so we got a couple more questions to answer real quick. Let's start with Brian at a player to be named later. 
who asks, it's anticipated the Mariners will rebrand around the time the All-Star Game comes to Seattle in 2023. If instead they went full rebrand, which of the original possibles would you go with? Seattle Sovereigns, Utopians, Totems, Schooners, Seagulls, SeaTax, Sultans, Centurion? <laughs> uh, none of those. Thank you. I'll, I'll stick with the Mariners. Colby? <laughs> Yeah, Mariners feels like a pretty good uh, name. It would just be weird, and, and I mean, teams don't don't you know change their name often unless they have to. Uh, like the public pressure gets so great, like Cleveland and Washington. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I I'm I'm fine with the Mariners. Um, I just. Eh. I can't like I saw this question. I was thinking I was like, what is like even more like the only thing I can think of, like if they want to go back to being the Seattle pilots, I guess that would make more sense um, or not more. I'd sense be kind of down with the steelheads. Yeah. God, I hate fish names. Um, if if they came with the 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 black and white uh, Negro the jerseys, styles, yeah, yeah, like if you got the jerseys with them, like, like if that's the new home, if that's the new home like kit or whatever. And it comes with the steelhead uh, name change. I will, I will live with it. Um, but if you're just going steelhead and then you just change it, like none of the uniform or anything like that, no thanks. So, yeah, for me, pilot steelhead. I do like totems. It was one of my runners up in my NHL team uh, name. Uh, obviously, my first choice was the Kraken, so that worked out. Um, mm. I like totems, but again, there's you know how you have to be careful with the indigenous population and. And you have to be respectful yeah. of their wishes on that type of thing. So, you know, that could create some problems. So I'd just like to avoid it altogether if I could. Um, so, yeah, to me, it's it's Mariner should be one. Uh, if you're going to rebrand, like you told me, give me your top three new names. Um, it would probably be Blast from the Past. So we're talking about the Pilots, the Steelhead, and the Rainiers. So, um, yeah. yeah, just I like the name as it is. Uh, can't wait for those new uniforms though. I don't know why they would wait till 2023 when they could do it right now, but whatever. All right. So let's, uh, let's wrap things up here with Cody Anderson again, uh, at code underscore mode 15, assuming the Mariners don't add great veteran talent. Would you be happy to see our long-term future outfield starring Kelnick, Julio and Trammell with maybe Hanniger or a free agent as a fourth outfielder? Does it need to be, better than that i assume you mean not in 2022 but down the road let's go with that colby based on what i've seen of tramel and kelnick right now no i wouldn't be happy um particularly with Trammell. actually i think he did mean uh 2022 now that i read it again so yeah no uh, no, no thank you for 2022 no, no 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 you have to be better than that have to not should be not want to be they have to be better than that so uh no absolutely not go get somebody even if it's Corey dickerson and tommy fam you have to be better than that you have to have a higher floor than that outfield you just have to do it well you just need some stability you need some guys that have been there done that all that stuff right you know because like you mentioned fam and, and and dickerson like those guys aren't great right like their league average they might not even be that good they might just be average right but which still makes them better than average yeah which still makes them better than tramel and kelnick right now 
uh, not long term. Yeah. And that's the thing. If Tramel and Kelnick hit, and you have to relegate, you know, Fam and, and Dickerson to the bench. Oh no, we have two really good bench bats. Or oh no, we have a, a outfielder that we can trade at the deadline. Like, yeah, you have to have more floor than that. And and if those three or I guess four guys force their way into the lineup every day, great. Then you have a good bench bat or two. If they don't, okay, I'm protected. So, yeah, um, long term, if they all hit their ceilings, that'd be fine. I, I think that's a pretty good outfield if they all hit their ceilings. Um, short term this year, no, you need more. You need a you need more of a safety net than that. Look, uh, going yeah. back to the beginning of the show or second segment too, because you don't have those bats, those emergency bats in your system right now. Right. You don't have like Seth Smith rolling around in AAA right now. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it, you have to have a higher floor. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You just can't can't roll with those guys. Too much uncertainty for where you are right now as a team. Like you got to be serious about competing, especially with some of the moves that you're making right now. When you're going to give, you know, someone like Robbie Ray, twenty three million dollars a year and stuff like that, like that signifies it's go time. So you can't you can't half step. You can't just go halfway with it. Uh, you got to go all in um, in terms of just, you know, adding major league talent and, um, you know, ig- ignoring the outfield, overly relying on young players to all simultaneously reach their ceilings. is just not the way to go about it because that's just not going to happen. Right. Like that's just that the odds of that happening are slim to none. Um, you know, probably even worse, honestly. Uh, it's just. It's just not going to happen for you. So you need some stability. You need some dependability. And uh, even if it's, again, you know, the example of Fam or, or Dickerson or whatever, while those guys are probably average hitters at this point in their careers, that's a lot better than what you have right now. That's a lot better than the uncertainty that you have right now. Because, yeah, could Kelnick and, and Tramel and those guys be better than those those hitters right now? Possible. Sure. We don't know that, though. The Mariners don't know that, though. None of us do. And so we're not going to know that until we see. And you want to have at least your bases covered in the event that that does not go the way that you're hoping. So, yeah. And the, in the end, uh, you need to just have, uh, you know, you, it was good what you said, safety net. Um, you need some safety nets on your roster right now. So, uh, yeah, to answer your question, uh, no, uh, that's not ideally what I would I would be wanting so um yeah that's uh that's gonna do it for our show and uh thank you for all your questions that you submitted for yesterday's show and today we greatly appreciate it we got some really fun questions in there especially today um thank you so much for for joining us here on lockdown mariners for colby patnode i'm tidy gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore mariners you can follow me at dan gonzalez it's d-a-n-e-g-n-z-l-z and colby at cpat11 that's c-p-a-t-1-1 you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode and thank you again for making us your first listen of the day just like you do here every day now make your second listen of the day locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs locked on bets hosted by your boy q with expert analysis and insight from lee sterling and just like us their show is free and available wherever you get your podcast so have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you on friday for fan fiction friday be sure to submit your trade ideas to us see ya